Hey everyone, this is Deepak Patel and if you have been struggling with a question in your mind in terms of making decision between stock versus real estate, then you would be enjoying this podcast that I put together where I share some key differences between stock versus real estate. Here's a big question. How do normal individual people who are looking to invest their hard-earned dollars to create wealth for their families using the power of real estate investing. How do we do that in a manner that creates instant short-term cash flow that you can use for your family but also create long-term appreciation and portfolio growth? That is the question. This podcast gives you the answer. My name is Deepak Patel and welcome to Cashing Doors Podcast where we discuss all things multifamily apartment investing. Here I share secrets what I learned in building a 72 doors cash flow positive portfolio in 18 short months but more importantly all the secrets that I'm learning from other people as we are growing our portfolio. Welcome to my podcast and thanks for tuning in and what I'd like to discuss today in this particular podcast is a question that most of us have is what is, are the real differences between a stock investment versus a real estate? Now on the surface it looks like a very obvious and basic question. A question unfortunately most people almost ignore and go with the knee-jerk reaction that they may have which is investing in stocks or investing in real estate without really having given any thought to that. So what I'd like to do today is to give you a bit of a perspective on what are the implications of making the choices and and I'll speak from my experience. So I've done investments for like about 10 years and I started with stocks and I've done some stocks and I do still have some you know, retirement funds sitting in stocks and I'm contemplating and debating pulling it out and investing in multifamily. Now of course there are some regulation that limits me to invest my retirement funds into my own deals but there are ways for me to fund other people's deal. So I'm, I'm debating that option, I'm talking to people and all that but as we speak I do have uh, a stock investment if you will from that standpoint. I pulled all my money out from the active stock like you know that I invested personally. So I've done some stocks through companies, I've done some stocks through brokers, I've done some stocks through banks and I've personally invested in stocks through the brokerage, online brokerage account. So of course I'm coming from some sort of experience having done that and uh, just to kind of give you some extent of what this would mean and I've invested you know I would say a few hundred thousand dollars in stock. Um, a lot of that was on my own so again I'm not saying I invested two thousand dollars in stock and I'm giving you some guidance but I'm speaking again from experience and by no means take my podcast content uh, you know what I'm sharing specifically this one as an investment advice for you to make your decision you know I'm sharing my experience I'm giving my perspective um, which is coming from my own experience but having seen other people do that for sure go and do your own due diligence um, and make a decision of what makes sense to you depending upon where you are because every different investment you know have different situations that makes more sense 
regardless, you know, what I'd like to cover is like few very, very fundamentals that I don't think anyone should be arguing on. Unfortunately, people who sell you on stocks would not agree with that or at least have a fancy answer and they might talk you into um, not going through all the details. So, so anyway, so taking a step back from the perspective of, you know, what are the major differences between, you know, stock and real estate? So if you think about it from a very, very simple and high-level perspective, you know, both of them really are form of investment, which means you put some money in and you expect more money coming out, right? That's all it does, or it should be doing at least. Now, in both cases, yes, there are pretty good possibility for you to lose money as well. And in theory, in, in general, if you do something over a short period of time, you're at a higher risk of uh, falling into that trap of losing money. But if you do it consistently over a long period, like five or 10 years or more, chances are you will generally go up. It's gonna be very hard for you because if you look at you know, the last 100 years, the market charts, and you can Google that and find online, you'll see that you know generally things have gone up and then you'll see like a couple of big or three or four major, major recession that we have had. So you'll see a big dip, but then obviously, Things still go up so in theory as, as we all you know evolve as as the human species like you know things do go up so long term is always good in that perspective but the the main difference that I found when I did stocks um, and real estate was the following you know stocks on the surface looks very simple because there are so many products that have been created by banks um, and institution to simplify investing for people. So it may look like very simple investment, it might look easy investment compared to real estate. People generally think that if it is real estate, it's hard physical asset you're buying, so there's more work. And that's kind of the general thinking, which to some degree is true, you have to do some due diligence because you're buying an asset, but I see that as a positive thing than negative because I know that I can hold on to an asset that I own versus stock that is virtual, is paper. You really can't hold anything to that. So that's kind of the, the, the first part of it, right? In terms of uh, the simplicity versus complexity. Now, if you really want to understand the second level, which most people don't go, you know, for many reasons. Most, the, the number one reason is pure ignorance. They don't know anything about that second level. But if you go second level and try to analyze a stock or a market or a bond or an exchange traded funds or any of that, you'll get all these reports and you know you can easily get reports from any public website on any major uh, stock and look at you know the last five years performance and all that. And again, those reports are simple to read and they're kind of created for you to you know easily see the summary data so that's not bad but if you start going into really understanding the triggers that drives those market if you're trying to make intelligent decision it becomes freaking complex and and you'll never understand that at least I could not now I come from a computer science background I'm mathematically pretty good <laughs> um, I'm, I'm good at analysis like and I've done a lot of different analysis in my life I've been a consultant and I've worked in technology company I come from software development a lot of logical programming side of the house so pretty you know okay with data and understanding facts but even then 
I couldn't make sense of it. I tried a few times. You know, I tried a few times and I've been through MBA school as well. I've done many project reports where I've assessed companies' financials and looked at all of that. It becomes very complex. And, and the reason it becomes complex is not so much that the data and the math is complex. Of course it is, but it's not the worst part. The worst part really is why that happens, the trigger that drives. And there's no math to that because this, this is all based on the butterfly effect, if you will, if you heard of that concept. Something happens somewhere in the world and things tank. So, so it becomes very complex and almost unpredictable to some degree. And that, to me, is the reason I got out of stock market. I was doing fairly well. Like, I never lost a ton of money. I lost money in the first investment in my company when the CEO thing happened and, and all that. And I talk about that in my other content. But when I invested, um, I didn't lose a ton of money. And, uh, you know, I went with the couch potato strategy of investment into the entire market model. So if I were to do an investment today in stock, that's what I personally do. You know, and, and it's okay strategy, didn't, didn't lose any money. But the whole concept of not being able to understand why things go up and down, at least for me, and when you go into the second level, you won't. And if you have a financial advisor that tells you that he does or she does, they're lying because I don't think they know any better. They might be more experienced in terms of dealing with it. So of course they're experts in that zone and I'm not taking anything away from their expertise by the way. But I'm telling you fact that stock market is like, you know, it's like a, you know, if you have a fire in your home, you kind of run and you find a safer place. It's kind of that, right? If something goes down, there is no conversation. Like your financial advisor or your money manager or whoever you work with will not come to you and say, hey, you know what? This market is going down. Let's do these two things to fix it so we are strong. That would never be a suggestion. The suggestion would be, hey, this is going down because of ABC. He'll come up with fancy reason and say, okay, let's move to this other one, which is this is awesome. This hasn't performed and I can guarantee you that this will not go down. Um, and they'll kind of move your money or suggest to move your money from A to B. And that's kind of what happened to me. They'll keep coming to me. All the financial advisors I've worked with will come to me and keep giving me pitches after pitches. And uh, yeah, it will be very complex. And logically, you will not make sense of it, right? Because if this went down and I can't do anything, I'm running to something similar. Even though it looks different, it's the same thing in terms of do I have control? And the answer is no. So you don't have control in stock market. That's the number one point. Shifting your portfolio is not the right control action. Again, from my perspective, it is it is kind of moving from A to B and the B is as bad as A perhaps. Let's go to real estate. Now, today I'm just talking generically real estate. I'm not talking single family, multifamily or any of that. We'll talk about that, the differences in other podcasts. But today, in, in terms of real estate, what I like about real estate, yes, there are depending upon the type of real estate you buy, there are some market implications, like the 2008 housing crash in the United States. So it is not immune to that type of thing. And the reason I invest in multifamilies, I think, is, is a lot more shielded from that type of uh, an environment. And that's the reason I go down that path. But again, that's more for the next one. But at a high level, you own a 
physical piece of uh, property. So if something goes wrong, you have control. Now let's say the market went bad. So what can you do? Yes, so that, that, that is, that's an important thing, right? What can you do in terms of when the market goes bad? It's going to be hard for you to do anything if you are forced to sell, right? So if you have to sell in a bad market, I don't think there is any strategy that can save you any loss in real estate. Now, it could be lesser perhaps to stock, but but if you hold to that, then, then yes, I think you will be okay long term. But if something else goes wrong, you can fix things in real estate, right? You can go value add real estate. You can market, you know, better. So you can start to use a lot of business fundamentals to to gain more from your asset. And what that's what we do in our multifamily portfolio. We look at that as a business. So what happens in a bad market? Some companies do well. Uh, from a business standpoint, I'm not talking stock market now. So certain companies like Apple, as an example, would do quite well even in a bad market because they have a good product, they're marketing quite well, they, they, they have figured their business side of it out. So similarly, if you have a property and you know if you are taking care of the property, if you have upgraded the property, if you're marketing your property right to the right people, and you know renting if you're renting then if you're bringing the right people and increasing the rent there's a lot of things you can do what's the stock so you do have control of many variables if not all in real estate to to feel more confident of your investments and uh, actually drive some of the appreciation so that to me is a major major difference so if you are debating on going one way or the other if you are a type of person that don't want control of these type of thing and you want to be completely passive then maybe stock is the best option I don't know that I can't really help you there but if you're okay to control and own and, and operate to some degree then real estate is, is definitely a good option because it gives you a lot more levers and we all know that the demand for real estate will be evergreen companies will come and go market will come and go you know if you have a property you know, if it is in a decent location, unless the whole city dies, which generally doesn't happen, as the world population is growing, you know, we are only going to have more people finding homes to live. So I don't foresee us running out of people because the population is not going down, it's going up significantly. So if you go by the trend and if you look at all the history of the world, real estate would still be pretty good. You know, people would need all forms of real estate. That's not to say you don't have to find the right one. That's, again, a different topic. But at a high level, you know, investing in real estate long term is very beneficial. And it gives multiples of return versus any um, stocks that you would get return on. So it's very long-lived asset, if you will. And this is also very, very good if you want to have something uh, for your own retirement, if you want to have something to leave behind for your kids, any of those legacy reasons or things like that, I, I believe real estate is like the best form than uh, stock. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of the main difference in my view when it when you talk about that. Of course, there are a lot more specific differences that you want to get into, but lack of control versus being able able to control, lack of value add, you cannot value add a stock. You cannot say, well, you know what, that company's stock or their market is tanking. I'm an expert 
in that industry, um, I'm going to go and talk to the company and, and help them fix it so we get the stock back up. There's no such thing in stock. On real estate, yes, you can. If you are, if you have certain specific skills, then yes, you, you can put that skills or you can hire some skills and add value to the property. And people do amazing things with property value add. That's, that's a huge area of opportunity on all kinds of real estate. Just by doing simple, simple things like, you know, painting your properties and taking good pictures and, you know, putting some lights, those little things really have given, personally, me tremendous amount of return. And, and that's the power of value add, right? If you can do value add. And value add doesn't have to always be a physical investment thing. It could be a, you know, it's just a way how you position a property, for example, right? Sometimes it's as simple as just asking for more rent. That's what we did in one of my property that we bought. It was uh, the six-unit building. And everybody was charging $800 rent in the neighborhood. And that kind of was the standard. And when we had vacancy, we said, okay, we'll try 1025 and guess what we caught people at 1025 with very little investment we didn't really do any upgrade we didn't even paint the unit we just showed and we you know cleaned it and we just asked for more money and we got it so again that is a is a value add from a perspective of how you're positioning marketing and, and selling your your asset so there are many forms of you know thing you can do like that on real estate versus a stock where you can't really do anything so to me, that was the main reason to move, and uh, you know, I think you might want to consider that as well. Uh, plus, look into obviously, you know, everything else that you need to. But uh, for me, it came down to very simple, and the the decision was very very simple. Uh, after many many years of doing stocks, it just uh, didn't uh, come. And uh, and also for me personally, and this may not be for everyone. Honestly, real estate is more fun. The fact that you can go look at your property. And walk into it, touch it, own it. It just gives me more joy. It's a it's a good feeling. Uh, yes, there are problems. Of course, when the property bleeds and there are some issues and there's a leak, there are some challenges. Of course, you deal with. But uh, that's like anything in life, right? So to me, that's a good part of you know having a property and owning something and an asset. Um, and it's more fun. It's it's a fun business to have. It's not you know, from from the standpoint of uh, completely passive versus something you learn, and it gives you a lot of learning. You learn a lot when you do it. So I think the education cycle on real estate is way more than stocks. You'll never learn. Like, you won't build any skills um, in uh, this thing. I, I can tell this from my personal experience. Since we started managing the portfolio, my wife is, like, the primary manager of my portfolio. So she deals with all the tenants and everything. And I can tell you, and she would agree, that her people skills really have gone up uh, after dealing with a variety of people. So again, a, a byproduct of investing in multifamily is you build some skills which you can apply to other parts of life. There is no such thing in stocks. You, you forget about what you invest. And you may not even know how much you invested. And I've been a victim of that. I, I still carry a stock from my first companies. I have no idea how much I invested. Um, I think it's about $21,000 value now. But that's stupid, right? Like, not knowing that because there was no need to. And it's very, very, very quiet. And, and you might quietly lose all the money uh, because I did lose on this one, by the way. So, so anyway, that's kind of the high level. So control versus no control. 
major major difference and um, see if that makes sense to you and if that's how you want to consider your decision but that's certainly how i made my decision so hey thanks a lot for tuning in hope this was helpful and i look forward to speaking with you later interested in learning more about multifamily investing then go to my site cashingdoors.com and get a free masterclass or a free course and many other useful resources that will help you begin your multifamily journey